You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. MyMac Podcast 630. Tech is hard. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the MyMac.com podcast. This one is going to be one for the record books, I believe. Uh, because of some prior stuff that I'm uh, doing tomorrow, in, namely going to the Baltimore Ravens NFL football game, I could not record tomorrow, and Gas could not record today. So uh, we decided that the the, the UK... U.S. mix just seems to work so well for this show. So we uh, we we have a special guest with us this week, and I've been talking to him. Let's see for at least the last fifteen minutes, most of which will never see the light of day. Mister Mark Chapel, how are you this fine day? I'm great because you said my last name correctly. Because every other show I go on, and in word they go, oh, so it's pronounced Chappelle, and I'm going no. One guy who was a comedian who happened to be on TV does not get to put an E on the end of his name and redefine the genre of my last name for generations to come. Other than that, I'm grand. Okay. Um, quick story. We're already off on a tangent here. When I was in high school, oh, so many years ago, I was taking a Spanish class. And... Every single day as the teacher took role, her name was uh, Miss Bush. She would, yeah, that comes into the story later. Uh, She she would call out my name and every single, and I know she was doing it on purpose. She'd call me Guy Surly every day. Oh, no. And every day I would say, uh, excuse me, it's it's Surl. Oh, Oh, yes, of course. And then the next day, Guy Surly. So I got, I got tired of this and, you know, being a uh, child of the, the rebellious seventies or whatever you want to call it down in South Florida, she's calling out, calling out roll and she calls out Guy Surly and I raised my hand and I said, I'm, I'm here, Miss Bushy. And she stopped dead. <laughs> it was like, it's Bush. And I said, ah, it's Searle. And she never messed up my name after that, uh, but I did fail the class. But so, it's amazing. Like even as a child, you're you're brought into the world of politics. Of well, I'm going to say this. Go on, see what you can do about it, sunshine. Yeah, down with the repressive regime. And and what's even worse is when you do finally get them back or or whatever, they 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 have the nerve to act offended. You know, it's it's like you are under my control. You aren't supposed to say anything like that. It's like, well, you know what? <laughs> You're a high school Spanish teacher, and I don't care. So, but it's all right for her to go. You know what? These are your formative years of your childhood. So, so let's screw with you as you, much yeah. as we can. Yes, we yeah, have that what, with Mrs. Um, Daskovitz. You know what I say, Miss Bush? This is what I say to Miss Bush. Yeah, yeah. 
anyway, this this is the My Mac podcast, and yeah, we might be going off one or two tangents. Where is Guy today? No, Gaz. I mean, Gaz. You two sound so similar. I can always get you mixed oh, up. Yo, better hope he doesn't listen to this show. <laughs> well, judging from his previous shows, you can tell he hasn't. But um, Tish. Uh, um, I believe he's doing some rugby stuff. Is he watching? Because what I saw today wasn't a game of rugby. It was a travesty of a game. And being really? in Wales, where Wales play Australia, that's a big thing. And this was just all like, okay, so the Australians turned up. Where was the Welsh team? Not there. Uh, they weren't there in mind, body, spirit, or in any <laughs> way, shape, or form. But I'm sure, um, I'm sure your podcasting partner will have a full report. I remember oh, no, uh, in the Olympics when uh, for the gold medal, UK was playing. I keep wanting to say Samoa, but I don't think that's quite right. And what it was, it was like some island in the Pacific that had never won any medal at all oh, in the Olympics. Yes, I know the one you mean, and we can't. And what's the shocking thing is, is that we can remember that this particular country in this island didn't win anything, and they won something. But we can't remember what they won or the well, name of them. No, it was it was rugby. They beat the UK in rugby oh, and, and right, soundly. Yeah. And yeah, that was the gold did. medal match. But these um, guys were just oh my God. Yeah, I, I don't know if you know you could have taken those guys, told them the rules of rugby uh it phonetically and then in, in sign language, and they still would have won. Because they were just so big. Oh my yeah. God, they were huge. They just trounced them. And, you know, being, being a little, I am what's called a, like a seasonal supporter. Like, I, I like to support either England or Wales. Sure. But when you see a team like that, who are just playing out of their skin, it's like, nope, sod patriots, patriotism or patriotism or... Oh, however you but, want to pronounce it. Yeah, however you want to call it. Just look at them. And it's like an admiration. Um, tell me, just... On the Olympics, did you ever catch any of the Paralympics or anything like that? Was it was there even any coverage? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, not to the same extent as um, it, this sounds so condescending. The regular Olympics, yeah, no, that's but, true. Yeah, but yeah, there was there was uh, there was a couple channels that were showing some of the Paralympics, and my wife, my. Uh, I there are certain events that I like to watch in the Olympics, but for the most part, it's like synchronized diving. Nah, I don't care, yep. you know, or you know, things along those lines. Now, when you talk, when you're talking about certain summer and winter games that I'm interested in, you know, hey, I'm there. And one winter game, and I know we, I don't know how long this podcast is going to go today. But I get the feeling it's going to be off the rails almost the entire I've time. I've got six more beers to go through. Right. <laughs> And I'll but, be updating, dear listener. And right now I'm on the Badger Hopping Hare, which is thrice hopped. And on the back, it's uh, the sprightly spring hair is reflected in its uplifting beer. Thrice hopped during the brewing process, aromatic goldings and cascade hops provide a distinctive citrus character for a refreshing and well-balanced beer. Terrific with spicy Thai dishes and roast lamb. You know, I... Things go through Anyone my head. Anyone wants to sponsor my podcast? I it's the am essential cheap. apple. I am, the essential I am apple podcast. So easily bought. Literally, make me an offer <laughs> of a shackle, and I will negotiate with you. It, and it, the and the, the product doesn't matter. 
Yeah. Hi, I'm Mark Chappell, and I'm here to talk to you. I'm here to talk to you about adult diapers. (laughs) Diapers have their thing because if you have a partner, if I let me do a podcast read. So we've all been there, chaps. We've been in bed. Your other half is asleep. She's got to get up early. You've got to go to work late, and you need to make your way to the bathroom. However, her side of the bed is near the door. You're on the side of the bed. And that's next to the uh, the wall. <laughs> what are you going to do? Now, you can try and get out of bed, which means kicking the dog off the bed and the cat, walk into the curtains, take a sharp left, walk along that wall, but wait. Stop. There's, There's a, a mirror. Way. What do you try and do? Are you going to bump into the mirror or risk falling onto the bed and waking her up? And then you've got to negotiate the shoes that are on the floor, which have been placed in the way. Then you've got to remember to go past the door, go to the bathroom, don't flush it, although if you've had a few beers, you may want to flush it. What do you do? Because if you lift the toilet seat up and you've had a few, you've got to put the toilet seat down. And or then else. you've got to reverse the whole process. Well, you can reverse this <laughs> with adult diapers. Adult diapers are just... safe, they're quiet, they're biodegradable, and <laughs> they're on a special off- podcast offer. Mention my Mac 10 to get 10% no, 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 off no, 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 don't bring my Mac into this. Well, no, because you want them because this podcast is so funny. You may wet yourself. And if you wet yourself, <laughs> you want my Adult Mac Pumpers. diapers. <laughs> just that to be, just to be safe. Oh. They can so. make me shop as well by going on to our Patreon page. Shall we go over and read the MyMac.com recent articles? Which do not contain adult diapers. No, they do not. Thank God. First one up, Club Nintendo level 144. Tim and John have just one topic this week. Paper Mario Color Splash. Go on over to iTunes and download it there. Or you can also get it. Over there uh, on the website, download it direct. I remember if you're going to splash, use adult diapers. Next yes. up is the Optima New Force BE6i wireless headphones, a review by him, Gilbert. Very good. See, I've almost, it's like I almost listened to your show. Almost. Although I've got about seven or eight backed up. Ultimate New Force BE6i arrived with a boatload of earpieces, including two with sound deadening, deadening memory foam and two small wings that help hold the ear, for earphones in one place. As with most in ear headphones, a key factor is, sorry, a key factor in comfort and quality is the earpiece fit. And these have seven styles to choose from. Again, head on over to mymac.com and take a gander, especially if you have an iPhone 7. <laughs> Next up, Geekiest Show Ever number 234, Apple and Microsoft Announcements. This week, it's Elisa with Mike and Kevin while Melissa does her Halloween preparations. We start with an update on Kevin's recent Arcade Block subscription box. They then move on to talk about the Apple event and what they did and didn't like about it. They also discuss the things that Microsoft did right, which leads to a conversation about why they aren't thrilled with Windows 10. And that sentence seems to almost be a contradiction, but having listened to the show, yeah, Microsoft does all these things right. Windows 10 sucks. Go on over to uh, iTunes, download it there, or however it is that you get shows, geekiest show ever, number 234. 
it's good to know that Microsoft also have another revenue stream of lubrication because some of the things you can and can't do on enterprise, they may as well buy lube before they shove. Anyway, also yeah. not updated in the last Apple event has been their Wi-Fi and Airport Express stuff. So on WiMac.com, you can read about the Casta KA1900 dual band wireless AC hyphen 1900 gigabit router, a review by Nam Segri. This is Nam Segri. I disapprove of this message. Huh. And so you should. Wireless routers, the electronic traffic cops that send an internet signal from your modem to other devices in your house, have become much faster and easier to install in recent years. It's also possible to get very good performance at a modest price. The Casada router Sam recently tested moved data between his modem, iPhone, MacBook, Quite quickly and reliably. I was going to say quietly, but then again, isn't all data quiet unless it interferes with five gigahertz? Well, and except, you, know, the, the, you remember those old 56K modems. I would love them to come back or send to, some technology <laughs> to come back. Except, it, it except, still, feel... except still go at like 30 to 100 megs. Yes. Oh, oh showing off again. Oh, look at me. 32, 100. I was on holiday. And I was lucky if I had three down and one up. I'm not talking about three meg and one meg up. I'm talking about three K or kilobits <laughs> down. Have you ever tried publishing a podcast with that sort of... It's, oh, it's like a third world country, I tell you. You probably shouldn't have tried. You spent more time at the beach or getting, getting uh, uh, boat drinks. Three days of my 10-day holiday was spent. Bloody hell, what is this? Oh, dagnabbit. And other <laughs> stuff, trust it. But then it, the world was made better by thinking, well, I'll tell you what, let's go and chill out. Oh, I'll go around the corner. A one euro beer will solve all your issues. And if you have a one euro beer, you may want adult diapers. Don't forget Thank the MyMac discount. Thank you. The Aurora HDR 2017. This is a review by Bert Clanchard. This is Bert Clanchard, and I approve this message. Yeah, thank you, Bert. My Mac enthusiastically reviewed Aurora HDR when it was first introduced a year ago, December of 2015. Now, MacFun has released a new and improved version <laughs> titled Aurora <laughs> HDR 2017. Huh. With it, you can energize and intensify. Yeah, that's right. Intensify your photographies as with no other current mac photo app that kurt has ever used go on over to the website and read about it there next up is if you've got an iphone 7 like me you'll be looking well actually no not like me because i've sent mine back and i've got to go three hours in one direction to go and get one but if you get an iphone 7 and you should <laughs> because in my testing it blows away the processing speed of the 6s apple or the recently six. yeah oh I've done some benchmarking. I, I'm, st I'm, still on the, I'm still on the 6 Plus. I'm still on the 6, which is all right, but it's like I've tasted the forbidden fruit. I've, <laughs> I've, I've touched a button that isn't a button. I'm like, somehow I need to work out how to rob a bank to get an iPhone 7. But if you've already got a 7, you know what this means? Elisa will be reviewing iPhone 7 cases made by Silk Innovation over two articles. So if you're thinking about cases, yeah, I'll tell you what, speak from Wait, experience. Wait, who was it? Who was it that wrote that? Uh, Pelisa Eselli. 
you say Pacelli and I say Pacelli. Yeah, her. With that voice, she can say anything, anything she, she wants. Because I respect her as a journalist and not just for the sound of her voice. Just want to put that one out there to anyone who may complain. I, I tell you what, one of the things about reviewing iPhone cases, it's so hard to try and be creative about them. But Elisa or Eliza has nailed it. So head on over to my Mac. Take a look at those. They're not going to break the bank. And when you've got something like your iPhone 7, you've got to look at the case. If only for the fact that when you come to resell it, when your precious has no dinks on it, you're going to get more money in the future. So uh, yep. have a look at that. Uh, next up is Let's Talk Apple number 38 for October 2016 by... Oh, I see. This is just isn't right. Would that be Bert Bar, Bar Shots now? No. Bert... Be shotty. Oh, actually, you know what? I can't say it. <laughs> Bert, <laughs> Bart Bouchats. Let's just leave it at that because if I try it, it's Maybe just, on. it's not going to work out well. Joining Bart this month are, is uh Gaz from uh, some podcast, Victor Kayao and Linda Goucher. Go on. And he only does this show once a month. So if you don't subscribe to this show, you really should. It's a great show. Let's talk Apple, get it, download it, listen to it. Next up is the Otterbox Universe case system with the yeah. Clip lens. A review by Hoger Ramon. Yeah. That, there we are. Got that one. The challenge has been to protect Roger's iPhone while being able to add lenses and other accessories. In the past, most accessories could only be attached to a naked iPhone. Mm. Roger was always concerned. Is, it, was a, is, it, is it a ginger iPhone? <laughs> well, there's been many gingers I would climb over. Uh, okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> there's a joke coming up after. No, no, no. I've got no, a really no. Okay, moving on. Roger moving on. was always concerned as he was climbing over rocks to get that great shot with his unprotectedness of an iPhone. It was also a pain to take on and off and put those protective cases on since sunsets and the occasional sun sunrise time-lapse in HDR images he likes to capture. A case with a tripod mount is important to him. Rotterbox long, long known for protecting their valuable devices, has come to the rescue with the Otterbox Universe case system. It meets the challenge of protection and adding flexibility and synergisticness and all that sort of stuff. Go and check it out. Syn on synerg synergis? Synergy. Well, ah. you mentioned we were getting to that sort of um, thing earlier on where you can energize and intensify. So I wanted to get synergistic into it. Ooh, I, I felt like we were on a nice. corporate level then. So nice. Next, actually, last up, tech fan number 278. And much like this show, delusional. David and Tim, and I don't have the sound effect, uh, discussed the fallout from the Apple event, and they both agree it's not good for Apple. Uh, go, go ahead and download it. Tech fan is another show that is on the My Mac podcasting network that you should be listening to. Uh, if you would like to hear myself and various other people, Read all about the articles that you could write for MyMac.com. All you have to do is listen to this poorly, poorly worded choice of how to do so, which is, see, and it got even worse. Uh, all you have to do is contact Mr. John Nemo. His email address is Nemo at MyMac.com. And 
send him a sample of the way that you write. And pretty soon, bada bing, bada boom, you'll be on the My Mac website with your stuff. It might be worth mentioning that the quality of articles is not necessarily reflected in the quality of this podcast. So exactly. This is by, your house <laughs> may be at the risk if you do not keep up payments. And, um, hey, God, I can't even talk right now. Mark. Mark. Hello. Yeah, hi. Hello. If people wanted to get a hold of you, how would they do so? Well, get a hold of me via EssentialApple.com. You follow the site feed on EssentialApple.com or follow me personally in my vain effort to get fit for my next stupid challenge of doing the Berlin Velophon where huh. I'm going to try and cycle 112 miles in less than six hours via at Ocean Speed on the Twitter. And you can contact Gaz, uh, Gaz at MyMac.com and on the Twitter's Gazmaz. And you can reach me, Guy at MyMac.com and Mac Parrot over on the Twitter's. Uh, Mark, would you get us out of this segment, please? I've got a 50-50 chance here. Okay, I'm go standing, ahead. I'm going to stand by. Ooh, good start. Stand by. Excellent. And? Nodding my head? No, we'll be right back. Oh, I'm st- oh we'll be right back. This is Mark Chappell of the Essential Mac and the Rampant Mumblings podcast. And this is Carl Madden of the Mac and Forth Show podcast. You know what, Carl? No, never met him. But it's funny how many people ask. No, no, no. I mean, you know what we should do? Get better writers? Well, that goes without saying. No, I think we should merge. Excuse me? Rampant Mumblings, Essential Mac, Mac and Forth should merge. Sounds messy. No, no, no. It'll be good. We can still have all the incisive news, views and opinions of Rampant Mumblings and Essential Mac along with... Well, whatever Mac and Forth has to offer. Hmm. And what should we call this new monster? Uh, I mean, venture. Well, it's still essentially an apple-related show. So why not, how do you like those apples? Catchy. But does it essentially sum up what an apple show should be about? All right. How about get your apples here, an apple a day, chatty apple, happy pie. Oh, oh, just apple. No, we essentially need something that is more apple-related. Monkey tennis. Huh? No, no, no. We just need something essentially Apple that lets people know we will essentially be discussing Apple-related things. You knuckleheads, just call your new podcast the Essential Apple Podcast for when people have essentially run out of good podcasts to listen to. Should have gone with monkey tennis. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. It's an interesting affair. And welcome back to the MyMac.com podcast. Um, I was, I was just, I was just telling Mark that I, I ended up actually kind of changing what the center section was going to be about because I wasn't sure if my original idea would be, you know, would generate enough discussion to make it worth talking about. So, but I mean, we, we may actually, any of us in the podcast. That's true. Room. That is very true. Uh, but instead what I thought I would do, cause there was a, a real long conversation thread over on the, the, my Mac podcast G plus page and, Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Sorry. I don't hope you didn't hear that. Did you? That's 15 love to, uh, to guy. That's 15 love. <laughs> 
Oh, well, sorry. I'm drinking, I'm drinking birch beer and, and it makes me a little burpy. So we'll just have to deal with that. Um, it was a long discussion over in, uh, G plus where that Troy, Troy Mueller, Mueller put in that was talking about, uh, the differences between the, uh, Apple MacBook pro touch bar and the Microsoft surface studio. And I thought we could just kind of go back and forth on that. Uh, what Troy originally put in, uh, and, and actually I, I should preface this by saying that it was based on a, an article from businessinsider.com oh, and, and they'll be, yeah, I know total clickbait. Uh, we'll, we'll have a, a link in the show notes if you want to go and look at it. Uh, but don't. But, uh, and if you yeah. do go there, put on a new no follow and turn on your ad blocking so don't get any revenue. Oh, they get at all. mad. You go you go to that website and have ad block on. They let you look at it for about thirty seconds, and then a big big box comes on the screen that says either That's turn right. off turn off ad block or subscribe for like a dollar a month or something like that. And it was like you know what, for the most part, in that thirty seconds, I pretty much gathered anything that was important in this article and I'm going to leave now. I'm not turning off ad block for business insider, but anyway, uh, what Troy said was that, uh, he felt that the article would elicit some response and he, uh, he largely agrees with it. And his initial thought on the touch bar was Apple really don't want people to touch the screen, but then why not touch the screen? Because it doesn't work. Now, in work, so let me give you the context that response. We've got the keyboard and we've got the monitor in front of us. Okay, mm-hmm. now the majority of offices in the world do not give two hoots about ergonomic setup. If you go into any office, most people will be hunched over a keyboard, yep. looking down. They haven't raised a monitor up. Okay, now. In work, where I'm at, we're really, really lucky that we have ergonomic studies. So, you know, they look after our backs because they realize that if we've got a bad back, we can't come to work and they can't make money off us, so on and so forth. And just recently, I had to set up a kiosk, which is your standard big, big 20-inch monitor with a touchscreen. After a few minutes of going from keyboard to screen, key back and forth, it knackers you out. It's fine as a thing you want to interact with for a limited period of time. Using it as a desktop machine. Or as like a mobile device. A mobile device, so you, you can adapt your body to use it. But a big screen in front of you, like, for example, like you're in front of a Mac now. Okay, imagine the world with, every, with the OS we've got now, like Windows, where you're on the screen, where you're on the keyboard, you want to go on the screen. You go up, off the screen, towards the screen, go and find the yep. close button. And because the UI is functionally different, that no two things are in the same place, Windows move around, you're hunting and pecking. And on this device that I was setting up, yeah, it was cool for a few minutes, but when you start getting down to the nitty-gritty of waiting for the response time, moving the screen, trying to work out where elements are, it just, Steve Jobs had it right. You end up with the gorilla arms. Now, we're going to come on to the Surface desktop thingy, which is fine because you're sort of you're almost laying on it. Did you see the uh, the Microsoft event where your man was? Uh, yeah, I saw I saw the demo for the for the Surface Station. That, the Surf, that was lovely when you have a Surface lefty. Studio. 
He goes, all oh, right, this may not be the most attractive camera angle because I'm a lefty, but here, watch me flap myself on a lead over a screen. Yeah. And that sort of, that in that context, that device is brilliant because that is a natural interaction because you're not looking at it like a screen. You're not using apps. You're designing. It's a pen. It's a paper. It's a drawing board. It's a draftsman's table. In those situations, yes, kudos, Microsoft. You have probably nailed it. For them. General, yes. For that specific people. Whereas Apple, in the touch bar, have gone, we're refining the laptop, the thing that most people come to us to buy what they want to use. And I, I'm, I agree with the touchpad. All right, yes, the escape key is a centimeter off to the right. But even though I know those keys are there, I barely use them. And if they've put the touch bar in there, and if it's usable, and if it's fast enough, and if it encourages me to take my hands less off the keyboard, Apple, kudos. It's two different trajectories that they're taking right now. And no one's right. No one is wrong. It's just that we've reached a stage now where we're, de- we're, devi- we're making devices for, spe- for specific tasks, not just for general mainstream. Well, if you're talking about general mainstream, Windows 10 and the way that you interact with Windows 10, apart from your standard keyboard, trackpad, mouse, you know, whatever it is that you use for your, the pointer that's on the screen, Windows 10 is a total fail. This is a, an operating system that started off as your typical keyboard mouse. You know, it was keyboard and mouse driven. Everything on the screen, keyboard and mouse driven, various keyboard shortcuts for things that you do repetitively. But adding the touch to it adds nothing for the everyday user because people don't interact with a device like a desktop operating system in that way. And earlier I was talking about mobile devices. Okay. It works for phones. It works for tablets. It even works for something like the surface tablets, because these are small devices. You're already holding them in your hand or they're in your lap or, you know, the, the, the amount of travel that you have to do to go. If you have one, the keyboard up to the screen is not that far, but when you're talking about a 20 to 30 inch monitor, that's connected to a desktop computer and your keyboard is on the desk and the monitor is, is risen up to the point where your eyes can look at it comfortably to keep moving. Like what you were saying earlier, to keep moving your hands up to do stuff on the screen makes absolutely no sense at all. It, it doesn't work. I, I know because I'm trying now. Admittedly, I was trying it in the context of we were setting up an internet kiosk and going from keyboard to uh, mouse. Okay, to set but it you up. see, that's different because that's a single purpose device. It, well, you're right, it is. The destination of what the kiosk was for was just for an internet kiosk. That was its main purpose. But then when you step back and you've got to set it up and enter URLs and move around the screen and use boxes, it was just so cumbersome because I, did, I didn't have a mouse. So, And I, I didn't plug in a mouse intentionally because I thought, right, 
let's see what it's actually like. Because everyone talks about this. So unplug the mouse, bid it in the corner. Let's try going from keyboard and then screen interaction. And it's knackering. It really is knackering because you're there and there's a big, big difference between going from your keyboard to the right-hand side. I'm sure there's ergonomic experts out there who are going to disagree with me. There's a huge cognitive difference between going from your keyboard, going to the right-hand side, not having to lift your arm up between going from your keyboard. You have to go up a few inches just to get to the area you want to touch and then keep traveling even more. And it all sounds like, oh, yeah, but it's not that far. Look, do, yeah, do it, it. A, do it a couple hundred times a day. Yeah, try it. Try it as your primary form. I will say that the Surface tablet, the presentation was good enough that I went straight onto eBay and thought, right, you know what? I would quite like to get this because it's kind of like an iPad, but with a keyboard. Now, that's my interpretation. That's only my opinion. Feel free to disagree and send all your comments into my Mac. Happy days. <laughs> Ocean Speed on Twitter. Sorry, excuse me. Damn you. <laughs> and then I was all set to sort of like, right, okay, so we'll go for a Surface 2. I know it's not going to be the fastest. I know the, yeah, I work Windows every day, blah, blah, blah. But can you take a guess what stopped me from buying the Surface? Windows? No, Windows. Windows 10 isn't that bad in a lot of respects. However, from the corporate business side of things, Microsoft have done a lot to try and push you into the corner of uh, buying the Enterprise Edition. There are so many things I used to be able to do with Windows 7 Pro that you can't do on Windows 10 Pro. Now you have to go into the Enterprise. Anyway, that is a whole Another different subject. thing. Yes. Right. Take a second guess. Uh, I don't know. Cost? Uh, apps. Oh, that take advantage of the touch interface. Not only that, but Windows apps in general. Um, so let me, I'll give you a really, really basic example. So what you might want to do, dear listener, is if you have a RAR file, you want to extract it or a 7-zip file. Now, I played the Microsoft game. I thought, right, I'm not going to use the web. I'm going to go into the store and download an app. Now, for the majority, if you're an Apple user, it's a fairly, you kind of have a level of expectation of most of the apps aren't bad. They're not all brilliant. There are some really scummy and really horrendous apps out there. But in general, not too bad. Yeah, they're okay. Yeah. So in this particular case, I went and downloaded an extractor for some weird file file. I think it was 7-zip as an example. And I extracted this file, I think it was about 20 meg, and it took a good couple of minutes. And I'm thinking, hang on, this is taking ages. And what it was doing, there was a big window in the screen. And on the right-hand side of the window was an advert for a game. Uh, I think it was Scrabble, made by the same developer. On the left was the progress. And what I found out by downloading the official copy of um, 7-Zip was they designed this app which extracts your apps slower so giving you more chance of you clicking on the advert. Oh, and that's just one. Really? Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I actually went, okay, this can't be right. Same file, same system, different app. One was horrendously slow. 
and the other one was like, bang, done, as you would expect. And it's all the other things like that. It's like, for example, um, on Windows Mobile, you don't get Strava or Runkeeper, or you you might get Runkeeper. I'm not entirely sure. But it's the whole ecosystem around the hardware. And let's face it, I mean, I, I'm writing an article now, did Microsoft just out Apple Apple in terms of the technology in the screen? But when I sat back and thought about it, it was it was really impressive to show all the engineering diagrams and stuff like that. But let's see what these things are like in the real world, which is why I'm horrendously bad at getting my articles out on time. And this isn't <laughs> to say this isn't to say that anything is bad, but in the context of how have we gone so off topic? Well, that's my fault. Let's blame uh, Microsoft. Let's blame uh, the badger hopping hare, Brutes, in 1777. <laughs> uh, the next comment was from Gazmaz, and he says that he does think that Apple, on the face of it, are falling behind, or they are waiting to come in and pounce with something that works. However, in the current world, things are moving more quickly than ever before, and perception seems to be as important as actually having products out there that work. And then he says that... Uh, let's see. I'm thinking of selling app my all my Apple shares, even though I don't own any. Ha <laughs> ha Um, I I don't Apple think that's really been ahead of anything apart no. from the iPhone. Even I mean, even the iPhone was was somewhat derivative of some of the other products that that were out there. I mean, you look at you look at the original Mac. Uh, the original Mac, a uh, part of the the user interface for the original Mac was conceived after going and looking at the Xerox, uh, uh, spark, spark park, whatever that, whatever that machine was that, that Xerox had that basically sat in a big room that nobody was going to do anything with. Um, so it, it wasn't like the, 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 the Mac and the Lisa user interface was an original concept, but what Apple does pretty well is take concepts that a lot of times uh, have been implemented very, very badly, turn them on their ear and make it into something that a, a regular person might use. You know, we've been talking about the studio, the, the surface studio and yeah, that is an amazing looking machine, The but there's two problems with it. Number one, the average person isn't going to spend over $3,000 for a desktop computer that folds down that they look at, you know, on their desk, looking down at it so that they can do all the touch stuff. Did you see Carl's tweet or Carl's post about if you, if you watch the um, TV show flash, they've had that for years. Look at them. If you look at all the monitors and the show, the flash, they're all looking down at them. So they've just copied television, really. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's not a, it's, it's not, you know, we're back to talking about concepts. It's not an original idea. Um, it's, it's basically taking the concept of the, the surface tablets and blowing it up so that it's a 30, you know, it's on a 30 inch screen. It's a and, big whiteboard in effect. Yeah, essentially. And I'm sure that, the likes of Dell and uh, HP and all the other computer makers will come out with smaller, cheaper, you know, maybe 
slightly less as far as screen resolution models of it. And some people will buy them. But I think that for the most part, the problem still comes back to the fact that Windows is a desktop OS meant to be used with a keyboard and mouse, just the same as the Mac. Now, there have been Mac laptops, or sorry, Mac touch screens. Uh, there was one called the Modbook. I don't even know if they're still around anymore, where they took the guts of a Mac laptop, crammed them into a screen that you could touch, and then you basically had the same thing as what you have now with the Surface. But that but, doesn't work because you've, no, got, it doesn't, such because more, all, you've got such more top targets. Well, and not, not only that, but... And this is for the most part true as well for Microsoft as well. The apps are not created to be used with a touch interface, except in those cases where Microsoft forces the UI onto the various applications that they, that they're going to sell to you. But for the most part, the people that are creating these apps aren't sitting there and and thinking, well, how can I integrate touch into my word processor? Well, what's the point you know yeah it's it's ridiculous you look at the quality of say again dear listener if you know of a good example please send it in to me via ocean speed because i would love to see these apps i cannot find if you can find a good let's say blog editor that supports markdown which is the equivalent equivalent of let's say blogo for the mac please send it in that's a great program it is. I would love to see it because one of the problems that I'm finding using Windows 10 has been discovery. Um, I can't remember what it was I was trying to do the other day. How I know it's a really bad start of story, but it was like the first few pages just seemed to be, hmm, do you look like a trustworthy source? You look like you. It's just so spammy. And yes, that is because Windows has a larger user base and you know, some might say, yeah, appropriately so. It's the fact of discovering, and I think for me now with Windows, it's become a matter of trust. I'm so lapsadaisical with the apps that I install on my Mac purely because I have this blind, naive faith that, well, aside from a couple of scares, it feels like a better platform rather than what can happen to Windows. For example, in work now, I've got a laptop where I can't left-click on the Windows button. Don't know why, don't know when. Someday, mean that Windows button will meet again. But for now, I have absolutely no idea. You, hmm. I think you nailed it, though. Um, I'm co- thing, I'm co- go ahead. I think when you, where you know was like, have Apple lost that edge where they take ideas that someone else has come up with and execute them with a degree of precision and yeah, that, that somebody might actually yeah. want to use. But now, especially with Microsoft and more and more phones coming out, that quality has finally sort of jumped. That let that standard is finally, finally coming up. I and mean, take a look at the Google pixel phone that for all intents and purposes looks like a darn good bit of kit. Yeah, so and when, if I was going to buy an Android phone, the only person the, or the only company I would buy it from would be Google. And even Google has sort of taken a leaf out of Apple's playbook by saying, well, we're only going to support the device for two years, but we'll give you security update for four years. 
And you think, well, you know what? It sucks. I'm going to pay $700 for a device, but the battery's probably going to last two years anyway. And that's, oh my God, that sounds horrifically, horrifically first worldish. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I typically use my phones for two to three years before I pass them on. Um, but I know that, you know, one of the things, we're so off topic here. One of the things that uh, when, when people talk about uh, Android is, well, you've got this sheer number of uh, different flagship phones, different mid-range phones, different, you know, low-end phones. I said, yeah, but um, some of for them the don't most, blow up. and some of them don't, uh, some of them do. <laughs> Sorry, um, to do <laughs> the thing is for the most part, the, the, you know, the, the, the general buying public of Android phones aren't buying the flagship phones. And, and honestly, they don't, they don't have to because even the mid range and low end phones are pretty good for the kinds of things that regular people do with them. Yep. In work, we still dish out the Motorola G, the latest version. And I think it's all, I, I couldn't tell you what our version of Android is, but it's slick and it works. Yeah. And even I'm looking at that handset and you're going, you know what? This is not a bad device in terms of hardware sure. and software, but it must be slightly galling. And Android isn't the only one I'm going to point the finger at here. Microsoft did it as well. And it's such a bad way that you buy a device. You're almost buying like the, the Nokia of the day of old, where you buy a device, you've got the operating system. You kind of never know now if you're going to get an upgrade. Well, for the most part, for almost all of the mid-range and low and low-end phones, you don't. You don't get updates. You don't get secure, or you don't get upgrades. You don't get security updates because what they want you to do is six months down the line buy another phone. They don't care if there are security bugs that can compromise all of the information on your phone. Carrier doesn't care because you're locked into them for at least two years, at least here in the States. And if your phone breaks, they'll go, oh, well, uh, you know what? Well, Bend yeah, we'll, over, please, sir. Um, we'll have you we'll got give you, yeah, we'll give you this, we'll give you this, this new Android phone. Uh, all you have to do is recommit for another two years. So, you know, if all of these companies that made Android phones, if they updated on the same schedule as uh, Google phones, Google Android phones did, I would not have a problem with them. Well, we say we say Android, but everyone I pretty much speak to, Android is synonymous with Samsung. So surely there is an argument to say Android being such a predominant player in the world of Android sure. phones, should they not be taking some responsibility? And this isn't Android bashing, dear listener, although probably nobody cares. They can't. Based podcast. They can't. They they number well. Let me rephrase that. They won't take responsibility, but they can't take responsibility because they're adding their own crap on top of Android. They've got their own agenda to push as far as the, the stock interface that you're going to have on a Samsung or name whatever phone you want to. I mean, I don't want to pick on Samsung. They've, they've had enough trouble recently. Yeah. You know, the washing machines. Yeah. Any, it pains me that 
if I ever speak to anyone and they say, oh, I want a phone, they go, okay, what are you after? I want an Android. The name that always comes up is Samsung. And it makes me feel bad because HTC do some stellar, stellar hardware. Sure. And it's just, why do they never, you know, why do they never come out in, in the public perception? Well, because Samsung has the marketing muscle. You know, HTC, I mean, you have to remember what different types of companies these are. HTC is, as I recall, basically a, a small electronics company that makes consumer electronics. Samsung is a huge conglomerate that has their, their hands in everything from banking and real estate and electronics and shipping. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's a worldwide company with their hands in all different kinds of pots. So if the Galaxy Note 7 blows up, eh, okay, well, that's $5 billion down the drain, but we'll make it up from our shipping department or we'll make it up from our washing machine department or, or (laughs) not anymore. They won't. Well, not with 2 million washing machines being recalled. Well, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? Even, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, When you've got your hands in that many pots, if, if one section, one little section that you have starts kind of screwing up, it's like, okay, well, you know, we'll make that up at the end of the year from this, from this other part of the company. Um, let me, let me real quickly, let me real quickly run through some of these other responses that we got from, from the, the, my Mac podcast G plus page. If only Um, we hadn't gone off topic. Yeah, I know. See, I'm having (laughs) trouble remembering where we started. Uh, Alistair Jinx wrote, uh, whether it is a good Uh, idea, good product or not. No, no. Let me interrupt. Uh, Nicholas Riley, I think we skipped, or did you mean to skip him intentionally? No, I did not mean to skip him. Okay. Nicholas Riley says, uh, I read something. Thank you. I read something recently that, uh, int, it, what's that word? Help me. It, in, in, intimated. T- intimated that Microsoft was the new Apple and Apple was the new Microsoft. And based on the device above, I think I have to agree with that sentiment. That should have read, uh, actually, he meant the old Microsoft, not new, but, you know, he figured we'd get what he was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think if you look up, you watch the Microsoft. Um, presentation. I just saw the part with the surface. Was it me or was the chap in the black? Uh, and I, sorry, I can't remember his name. Did he seem somewhat really bullish, almost like a Scott Forstall? He was pouncing up and down that stage with a level of stage presence as if to say, we have worked our Betty Swallocks off on this. We know it's good. It Come is good. on, Apple, take us on. There was um, a but that kind of device, the, the, the surface station is not a device that Apple would ever release with OS 10, the way it is configured right now. It is not a device that Apple would have released. That does not mean, however, that it wasn't some cool tech because it really, really was. And, yeah. you know, when, when, he had it standing up and he was talking about, it. he says, and then watch this. And he just lets it fall all the way down. And now he's doing stuff on the screen with, you know, their version of the pencil and he pulls out the, the little wheel and he's, I mean, all of that stuff was like, wow, that is really, really cool. However, it was a bit chintzy when he did like, Oh, and look at the side of the stand because we want the stand to blend in with the room from the side. Eh. And it was like, 
Okay, you know, this, this is a bit this, too this, far this, down the Johnny well, he, Ive rabbit hole. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, the guy's channeling Johnny Ive. Okay, fine. You know, I the the design of the outer hardware, I honestly, even with Apple, for the most part, I don't care. You know, they have taken a utilitarian design like the iMac and turned it into this thing that I want to cut cheese with. And I just don't care. It doesn't have to be that thin. It gets to, you know, especially when you're talking about desktop machines, portable, portable devices. I get why you want it to be thin. I get why you want it to be light. Those things are important when you're walking around with something all day. But when you're talking about a desktop computer, who flipping cares if it's, you know, 30 millimeters thinner than the one you came out with the year before, yeah. because it's taking up just as much space on the desk as it did last year. And it's still going to need a stupid stand, which is going to protrude onto your desk to counterbalance the weight. Yes. As well. Yes. It, and this is the thing, we're not ripping on Microsoft or Apple, for their pro- or Apple because they both have made good products i think what the tech industry and the tech viewers and listeners are we're so locked in still to this it's got to be faster it's got to be quicker it's got to be for this big general demographic and what apple has already decided to do many years ago is like we're not building a device for the general consumption of everyone if you're a developer or a publisher or you want me to scream we have two big iPads for you. If you just want to browse the internet, we have a mini for you. And I think that's where people, not sorry, not people, but the mainstream are still wrapping their head around that these big mainstream companies are now starting to go off into these niche markets. And, and thinking that that's mainstream. Yes. And it's not. It's not. Apple actually gets mainstream. F- mostly better than any other company that's out there. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, all jokes aside about how thin the iMac is when it doesn't have to be all jokes aside about, you know, why they've started to solder uh, their Ram in and, you know, not make them uh, user upgradable. But for the most part, people aren't upgrading their computers. They what in whatever form they were in when they pulled them out of the box is typically when they hopefully recycle them later, two, three, four, five years down the road. It's going to have those exact same components. Most people aren't gamers. Most people aren't designers. Most people aren't editing movies or editing, uh, you know, uh, HDR raw files or, or any of the rest of this. They're just regular people who are plugging in their cameras. They're perfectly fine with JPEGs. They're perfectly fine with just throwing a couple of movie clips together and then flashing them up on the Apple TV with whatever the standard graphics are that are in iMovie and go, look, this is, you know, this is my son at uh, his first baseball game or, you know, whatever it is that they're making their movies about. Most people aren't doing all of these high end stuff that Apple, Microsoft, Google, Adobe, you know, all of these big companies that put out these commercials that, that have, you know, the, the sun slowly setting into the background as 
you know, a surfer suddenly goes into slow motion as he reaches the crest of that. It's like, no, come on. Come on. I have no, a question nobody's for doing you. that. Yeah. I have a question. Right. Imagine a world where Apple and Microsoft events were the wrong way round. So Apple came in first, Microsoft second. Okay. What? Yeah, so you remember the start of the Microsoft advert where it's all about accessibility? Sure. And then Apple were all about accessibility. Imagine the world the opposite way around. Would Apple have got any criticism for saying, okay, we've opened our show up with the whole thing about accessibility, which is brilliant, by the way. I will never, ever slate that. But then that got lost in the whole rest of the thing. Who do you think did a better job, Apple or Microsoft, in terms of the general... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? In terms of the general overall emphasis on accessibility... Um, I'd still have to give the kudos to Apple on that because that's, that's a, that's a podium they've been standing on for a really long time. My and point, I, I, I realized what my point was, at least nobody slated Apple. This is the one thing about the tech press that has been brilliant. At least nobody slated Apple for copying Microsoft in terms of opening up with accessibility. So for once, the tech press has been right. By saying nothing. Yeah, but but that's that's the problem with the tech press. The tech press is those those gamer guys. It is those designers. It's the high end users that are looking for what they think of as innovation and forgetting that it doesn't matter because most of the people that are going to read this article or see it online or however it is that they're going to consume it they're not doing the things that you think are so important. They're banging out emails. They're watching YouTube videos. They're playing some, you know, relatively simple games, or if they're playing more advanced games, it's not going to be at the highest settings because they're not going to go out and spend $2,000 on a graphics card. So. Funnily enough, I was in the midst of writing an article about this very, very subject of, how complicated it is to game on a Mac. Uh, XCOM 2 just changed their page. So this renders this next bit completely useless. But So you've, you've got a Mac, okay? Um, mm-hmm. You want to play XCOM 2. Now, your minimum specification is an NVIDIA 6050. Is, is, is that a game that runs on OS X, or do I have to run it in emulation? Uh, OS X, Mac, okay. native Mac, hopefully okay. native Mac. So. One of the biggest problems I have with the Mac is I want a game. I have to find a machine with a minimum specification of an NVIDIA 650 Ti or an AMD 5770 or an Intel Iris Pro or better. Any ideas? Because I'm stumped. Well, you'd have to probably just buy whatever the latest one is. But at the same time... People, for the most part, they're not buying Macs to play games because, number one, the hardware I mean, and some of the stuff that oh, Apple yeah, does you, behind you the scenes is, is brilliant. Play a game yeah. But at the same time, most of the developers of games aren't looking to, to have them on the Mac because, you know, they're following, you know, we're not going to get through this whole, this whole list of stuff should from we, this I'll article. Tell you what, should we go on to Alistair Jenks? Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Alistair Jenks says, 
whether it's a good idea, twice. good product or not, I don't believe this product will be successful because it's from Microsoft. A couple of guys oh. I follow on Twitter coined a new law to explain this, and it's hard not to see it as consistent as it's been consistently proven in the past. And this is kind of what I was just saying. Always look to Microsoft for the very best data on what's coming next from someone else in a much better way. Um, think of Microsoft as a company that is at least trying. I mean, sure. what would be the, what would be the difference between if Microsoft, if the surface was released, the surface desktop was released on a Kickstarter, would there be a different public perception if yes. it's a Kickstarter project versus something tied with Microsoft? Uh, well, that would depend on a couple things. Number one, is it running Windows or is it running an operating system that the guys on Kickstarter came out with? If it's running Windows, it would probably gather some press. If it was running some, like if it was running Linux, you know, some flavor of Linux, um, no, people would just say, oh, nobody wants that. You know, blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. No, nobody wants. I would love Linux on a desktop. I would love well, to be Linux, able to use- Well, Linux, Linux is very usable on a desktop. But again, it depends on what it is you're trying to use a computer for. But that tell you what, that's a whole other topic. Yes. We'll go down another rat hole if we go there. Uh, then Alistair Jenks says that he thinks it's failing will be simply that it runs Windows. I don't agree with that. Uh, I know a number of professionals went crying to Windows when Apple ruined some of their pro software in recent years. But it didn't slow Mac sales because... I never, I don't even want to go there either. So it's hard to imagine it bolstering the flagging or bolstering the flagging of everyone else's sales. Apple offers a steady progression of uh, iterative products with new features that people love or hate. Microsoft, who let's face it, aren't exactly a computer manufacturer, repeatedly offer wildly new products that share very little with any others in their portfolio. I don't agree with that either. In other words, you can count on upgrading your new MacBook Pro in three years to another device with a touch bar. That's I agree with that. But how likely on past performance is or is it that there will be something to upgrade to from this in three years or five years? Um, the, the, from my view, the problem with Microsoft is that we are still getting used to a new Microsoft, a responsive Microsoft. Yeah. If you look at their um Well the surface has now been around for four years. And but, I but thought that at, was gonna just disappear because it was just such a terrible idea, but it didn't. It it's a good laptop replacement and I can't slate it off. We've got a Surface Pro two in work. It's still it's still going blindingly strong. The thing is with Microsoft is that they're a company that is doing so well in the corporate market, like Azure is amazing. I can roll out a server in 10 minutes, get it to do exactly what I want. Boom, it's done. That side of things is amazing. We're still getting used to Microsoft that will admit defeat without prolonging it. I mean, look at Windows CE. That took a long, long time to die. Yet with their mobiles, they've pretty much been honest to say, we've tried. Yeah, we're a bit late, but we're going to stick with it. But nobody knows why they're going to stick with it. Microsoft haven't realized the one problem with their phones is that release a phone, fine. Do the odd discount, but week in, week out, go ahead to neowin.com. 
Look for Microsoft and Discount. Oh, you can get £80 off, £60 off, £120 off when you buy a Perception becomes reality. And so it shakes my confidence. I would buy a Windows phone, but I have this weird feeling that maybe in a week or two, I'm going to feel like a schmuck because that phone, I... Yes. And that's the key thing they're not... And it's almost like, do special offers, getting the press. It doesn't... Whatever they do marketing-wise for that doesn't work. The yep. Windows phone, technically, is not half bad. No, it was, it, I mean, I never tried one, but it was supposed to be a pretty good phone. Yep, I had a, I've got a really old Nokia 5, well, sorry, Nokia Lumia 520. You know what? When I go to Germany, that's the phone I take with me because I know my way around it. I can't complain about it other than the fact that I have to use it as a phone, not as a smartphone. Right. Okay. Um, Alistair Jenks then goes on and says, further still, Apple already makes a large touchscreen device that you can touch. It could just do with being a bit bigger. I, and again, you know, the, the thing that we've been saying over and over again is OS 10 is not configured for a touch interface. And unless you have a touch interface and all of the devices required to use it as a touch interface and applications that are configured as touch interfaces, it doesn't work. And OS and that's 10. That's the iPad Pro. Right, right. Well, and iOS is configured as a touch interface. All of the devices that run it configured as touch devices. All of the software that runs on it configured as touch applications. That's why it works so well. Now, Troy Mueller comes and says that he thinks there are two factors to consider in Microsoft's favor. One, having just messed with a Windows 7 laptop and the pain of updates versus having a Windows 10 install in bootcamp on my MacBook Pro, I find Windows 10 a much more mature and compelling OS over previous iterations. Two, just as hardware that is produced by Apple for Mac OS provides a tightly integrated compatibility, resulting in a more seamless and more predictable experience. So, assuming Surface products are manufactured by Microsoft, it follows the same benefits will be realized. Maybe these two points are new to the Microsoft mix, they are, and therefore will negate previous experiences. Maybe they've hit a level of maturity which we will see where we will see them innovate and respond to emerging markets quicker than Apple. As we all know, a lot of this is consumer perception. Yes, exactly, Troy. Yep. Uh, time will tell, of course, and only now is my seven-year-old iMac starting to feel dated. Although miles quicker than the aforementioned two-year-old <laughs> Windows 7 laptop. When praise, or if, praise on, brother. Yep. Uh, praise! Whether or not Microsoft can achieve this feat, then in my opinion at least, they will have a truly equal standing. Maybe these Surface products will still be running well in seven years' time. Uh, no. Gas might be right. Time to sell your, sell your Apple shares. I, I don't think so, Troy. And I, I you kind of hit the nail on the head right there. You've got a seven-year-old iMac laptop that uh, I believe is can run the latest and greatest operating system that Apple makes. You would not even consider putting windows 10 on a seven year old windows device. 
because it would just suck. So, you know, when you look at Apple as a company and the fact that, you know, all right, they don't sell as many iPads and they don't sell as many iPhones and they don't sell as many Macs as maybe they did year over year. But the thing is, they last so much longer. And the other thing to consider when you're talking about, uh, like, say, <clears throat> Google with Android and Apple with iOS is that retention is completely in Apple's favor. People who buy an iPhone or an iPad, when they're looking to replace it, they typically buy another one. Whereas, Let me ask you. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. If you were going to go and spend, let's say, 1500 quid or a Mac or PC, uh -huh. what, would, what would your expectations be of that versus a Windows machine? Now, in all fairness, 1500 quid is going to give you a yeah. lot more better specification sure. of a PC. But over five years, what would you hand on heart say you would expect to get the most use out of and still be usable after five years? I would say the Mac. Now, this isn't to rip on Windows, because no. Windows in itself is, Windows isn't bad. It's all the other apps and all the other stuff that goes with it. Well, now, there's a lot of stuff under the hood of Windows that makes it less than, you know, the one thing when, when Microsoft came out with, with the surf, boy, we are running so long here. When Microsoft came out with the two parts, you can have a week off next week. Maybe. Um, or either that, or we'll just skip the whole third section altogether. Stay um, tuned for next week for continents, women for puns. <laughs> Laugh too hard. We a little bit. Is that a problem? Not anymore. Coming up next week on mymac.com with a special discount. For adult diapers. Um, Segway. Sorry. <laughs> the, um, when they came out with the Surface, the one thing that they did that I thought was just insane was they had the uh, Surface Pro, and then they had, what was the other one? The one that was running on the arm chip. Oh, the Surface RT. Yeah, the Surface RT. And Big. they looked they looked exactly Big. the same. The, the UI looked exactly the same. The way you interact with applications looked exactly the same. So people, and, you know, one was, let's say, one was $599, the other one was $399, the one with the ARM chip being less expensive. So people go to the store, and they say, oh, well, I, you know, I don't need all the power of this one, so I'm going to get this one for $399. They yep. take it home and then find out, oh, no, you can't load any of the software that you own because it's running on a different processor. You can't call something as well-known as Windows, Windows and Windows RT, because you're walking to a store, the guy in the store wants to sell you a machine. Does it run doesn't Windows? doesn't care. Yes. He won't say, oh, it'll run Windows, but you can only run a certain subset of apps. You can only run two apps at a time. Who on earth in a shop is going to say that? The RT was a darn, darn fine machine. But yeah. the whole Windows, as there was enough separation for it, and that's why it failed. Because people see, so they, they've seen the same old, same old. Windows is Windows. It gets iterated. When they say this thing that has no tangibility to it, should, should we say, it's so big. 
that you see Windows on a machine, you go, oh, okay, Windows. But you see something like Android or iOS, which makes you want to prod and poke because it's unfamiliar, because it's something new. That is what stirs, stirs people to want to use it. Now, I just come out, Windows 10 is going to have a, I've got a link here, hang on, a unified update platform, which basically means like on um, iOS update, it will slim the updates down so you'll only get the updates that you need, that which you is need. brilliant. I mean, I'm honestly contemplating but, for the first the, time in my life. Mark, the, problem, the problem is it's still Windows. It still has the registry. It still has all of this legacy stuff that is is just killing it as an operating system because Microsoft is so afraid of losing backwards compatibility. That is the one thing that holds so many people to that That's platform. That's getting better. To be fair, that is getting better because the whole Windows 10 cycle now, as it seems to me, is like a constant iteration of beta testing until they get to a point. I mean, Windows Creator Edition, well, that looks interesting, but I don't know if I was really pulled in by this whole 3D avatar thing. No, because it just ties back into the whole touch crap. Anyway. Um, yes. <laughs> moving on. Uh, Alistair Jenks then says, Troy Mueller, you may be right. And I kind of hope you are because as we all know, true competition is good. I agree. Uh, on your comments about Windows 10, uh, when you said that you found Windows 10 to be a more mature and compelling OS over previous versions, uh, Alistair says, I find almost without exception that when people say this about Windows 10, but look at what you actually said, much more mature, not great, fantastic, or really solid or fun or any other combination of compliments, it always comes across as not as bad as it was, which is yep. less a ringing endorsement than a required justification. I'm still unfortunate, unfortunate enough to have to use Windows 7 five days a week, as I do too. And I have to say, most of the real annoyances aren't in the operating system. But in 2013 and 2016, Office products, which are just a nightmare mix of failure to operate, throw a server in the mix and good luck getting stuff to behave. And the endless prodding of helpful features that more often than not work against us. Microsoft okay. cares a great deal, or Microsoft... Uh, has uh, some great ideas now, but until bottom up quality is endemic to the company and their products, I don't see them one upping Apple. After all, what's the thing we hear with Gazmaz that Gazmaz complains about so often? Yep, the slipping quality of all the bits that should just work but don't. And then Troy Mueller said, uh, indeed, mature was a generalization. Let me expand on what mature means to me in the context of Windows 10 over previous versions that he has personally had experience with. More stable, more visually appealing, more intuitive, more fun. It's as fast as the Mac OS in terms of bootload and application load times, which I think is probably more, uh, um, uh, you know, has, has more to do with SSDs than any real differences between the two operating systems. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things where things gum up Windows. Like I've got a i3 laptop with 8 gig, and in theory, it should annihilate. And this is a 20, uh, 
14 model. In like the, Mac, theory, the, Mac, the regular MacBook? No, this is a Windows laptop. Mm. So later generation processor, uh, yeah, new operating system, newer hardware, blah, blah, blah. In theory, it should annihilate my 2009 MacBook and my 2011 iMac. And they still outperform it. Even, even if I do handbraking coding, they still keep up with it. And that's just a testament to how the thing with robust, Apple, forget, robust yeah. the OS is. Very, very quickly. Apple, yes, the hardware is not always updated, but the tweaks, the optimization, and what they do to get the most out of the hardware, I think is something that is generally ignored. And it's a fault of Apple. They do not push that enough. Okay. Um, Oh, I don't even know who was talking here now. Troy, Troy, Troy Mueller. Yes. We're still um, on Troy. Uh, he says he disagrees with his final statement only in so much as he believes Microsoft uh, has now one upped Apple with the surface studio, whether they can continue this momentum and address the small things as well remains to be seen. I think it's a significant indication though, and hopefully will reinvigorate Apple's mojo. Uh, and Alice, and this is the last thing that was, this was like a long thread. Sorry. Uh, Alistair Jenks, and he has the final word says you're still using more in 80% of your bullet points. And I guess I generalized with one up. I mean that in the sense of a successful product, it will be challenging to measure said, you know, said such single product from Microsoft against a line of products from Apple so we may never know who quotes one. Um, and, on that, and on that subject, can I just go down the advertising route? Sure. There's been many, many adverts where people have a touchscreen on a Windows PC or the Surface, and they're there with their pens and say, I could never do this with a, on Mac, a Mac. Well, yeah. of course you can. It hasn't got a touchscreen, you pillock. Yeah. It's like saying, well... <laughs> I could never go as fast in my car as a Ferrari. Yes, because it's not a Ferrari. <laughs> Let's compare this. Say, oh, I could never, I, I could never put my canoe on top of my Porsche. Like I, I could with my get, SUV. I could never get drunk without another bottle of beer. Can I start nodding my head? <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. Hit it. That's the end of Gaz's tips. That's Most the end of, of- <laughs> Yeah, we're actually not going to go. Uh, we're we're going to end this podcast uh, with with this particular section. We're not going to go into the third section like we like we normally do. Though we will touch on. I'm telling. I'm giving you the all the opportunity here to have a week off. You can make it into a two parter. No, because I actually there's not actually that much stuff in the second part. And Content I think, or interest of what we've just said. Well, I think, well, no, I, well, I, no, I'm talking about for the, for like the stuff that Gaz and I usually do in, in the third part of the show, there's not really that much there. And I figure I'll save, you know, the app pick that I have and the people's pick. I'll just save that for next week. Um, however, uh, this was a great, great conversation. And I think that the interaction between this conversation with uh, the the way it laid out in Google Plus at the My Mac Podcasting Google Plus page, hint, hint, and the the stuff that you and I talked about, I'm actually going to have to listen back because we went in so many different directions that it, it's kind of hard to to figure out where we started 
and where we got to. But well, it has no, that's like every other show you've done. Well, yeah, but Why in is this it case, different? well, it's just longer. <laughs> it was longer this oh, time. I mean, oh, anyway, you heard it, folks, he's actually going to do some editing this week. Uh, not so much actually editing because I'm only going to have the one break. I usually have two breaks, but there'll only be one break in this show. Um, Mark, if people wanted to get a hold of you, how would they do it? You can catch me on the Essential Apple podcast with my regular contributors, Carl Madden, Barry, and who was the other one? Uh, not Rick, the Canadian whose name I've just suddenly forgotten. Get me (laughs) too many beers. Oh no! I've been I've been gagging for a break here. That's why I've nodded my head. So I thought, well, that's going on. I can run to the fridge. You can also get me on EssentialApple.com, the Essential Apple Twitter account. And if you're around on a weekend and you think I've watched the entire internet, I've watched TV, I've nothing else better to do with my life. Tune <laughs> into me doing random weird stuff and playing games on YouTube. That sounds like fun. Uh, what's your um Make sure you put in a link to your YouTube channel, so and I'll include that in the show notes. You know what the weird thing is? Is like it was like one random evening, and I was playing pinball, and I hate pinball. I mean, pinball doesn't like me. I don't like pinball because the ball becomes sentient and self-aware. It takes on its own self-conscious because it automatically programs the programming of the game, so the ball drops straight between the flippers. This has happened since I was 16 in my first ever school disco. And the guy before me was on the machine for like 14 hours and six minutes. I got in there <laughs> 50p in. 50p was a lot of money back then. That could have bought me two cans of Coke and some sweets. I put it into the pinball machine and I was done within 30 seconds. Roll on some 30-ish years and I'm addicted to this pinball game. Um, the only thing I would say is, if you're coming to listen for just the soundtrack, uh, no, you're going to have my commentary, as in the whole point of gaming and streaming. Um, but that, if you go and see the threads, you'll see exactly what I mean. So come join me for some YouTube streaming and and hopefully you'll you'll remember to put a link to it in the show notes I'm so I can it, include I'm, it. You're doing well, it right now. I'm nodding my hat. Okay. Uh, if you would like to get a hold of Gaz, he can be reached at uh, Gaz at MyMac.com. That is G-A-Z. Uh, he Z. Is, Z, he's also on the Twitters. Gazmaz, G-A-Z. Z. M-A-Z. M-A-Z. Almost said Z. And by the way, only one, it's not American football because football is what we play here in the UK. Just wanted to kind of clarify that. Okay. Oh, thank you. Um, what was I talking? Oh, see, I'm losing my mind here. You can also reach the two of us on Twitter, Guy and Gaz, G-U-Y-A-N-D-G-A-Z. We have a uh, a common email address that will also go through Fearless Leader Tim, which is feedback at mymac.com. We have a Skype number for the love of God that you all seem to despise beyond anyone's wildest. I, I know. I played that. I, I did play that back. Uh, it's <laughs> Uh, outside of the U.S., it's probably a one or a plus one area code 703-436-9501. If you would like to reach me, I am Guy at MyMac.com, G-U-Y, and I am Mac Parrot on the Twitters. Mac Parrot on the Twitters. Mac? There we Hi go. On, no, 
no. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Good enough. Good enough. Uh, So I just wanted to say uh, thank you all so very, very much for downloading and listening to the MyMac.com podcast. We really, really do appreciate the fact that you take the time to download and listen to this show. Thank and you Mark for wasting your bad wind on exactly. us for the last two hours. <laughs> for those of you on data camps, I feel like I have to apologize somewhat. <laughs> Don't, if I, we should put a health care, um, a warning on this. Do not download this podcast if you have a data cap or on 3G. Save it till you've got Wi-Fi. Yeah, wait till you go to that island and, and try to download it there. Because when you see your bills, you may wet yourself. If you can wet you for health, don't forget adult diapers, 10% off. That's right. Just use the code, what the hell ever what it was before. Mark, thank you so very, very much for coming on. No, my I, pleasure. I appreciate, Thanks very I appreciate much. it. And, you know, yeah, I know that, that this is kind of a departure from the way that the show usually goes. Because this was so much better than before. Well, no, I, you know, it's not so much that it's better, it's different. And, you know, Gaz and I have been doing this show for, God, nearly 350 episodes, I think. Because we started with 285 and we're up to 630. So 635 will be 350. Yeah. What on earth did you two do wrong in a previous life? I don't know, but somebody really, really hates (laughs) us. But we still love doing the show. And again, thank you all for listening. And Mark, thank you for coming on. Would you like to say that very last word that we need to to make this show stop? Stop? No, oh, it's, it's, uh, it's right above ciao. dodgy dodgy slot car guy. If if you work your way down, <laughs> Club <laughs> Nintendo podcasts. No, no a little farther down. La 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 la. la. Oh, uh, Magnato PR. No, is that the one? No, no, no. little farther down. Thanks for downloading and listening to the MyMac. No, you've gone podcast. too far down. Go back up. It's, it's autumn. It's just above Dodgy Slot Car Guy. It's autumn. No, it's for 2016, and they're still going. It's no, you like higher. A, Go up higher. Above, uh, 10, 13, question mark, question mark, question nope. mark, question mark. Keep oh, going. Much higher. Possibly Max OS Sierra. No. Nope. Uh, possible listener invitee. A little higher. For just info a, only. Oh, just a, I've got it. I've got it. And Thanks for downloading and listening to the MyMac Podcast. You can also hear other great podcasts on the MyMac Podcasting Network, like the Tech Fan Podcast, Three Geeky Ladies, Geekiest Show Ever, the Let's Talk Podcast, Essential Apple Podcast, and the Club PlayStation and Club Nintendo Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs>